Kevin Donovan for the Toronto Star writes, the Sherman case was and is one of the most high-profile murder cases in recent Canadian memory. Two billionaires found in their basement pool dead of ligature strangulation and leather belts around their necks holding them into a seated position backs to the railing that surrounds the pool. He also writes that there was video tape uh, from a neighbor's CCTV camera across the road that caught a stranger entering their house or some man entering their house. Here to tell us what he's discovered, Kevin Donovan from the Toronto Star. He is the chief investigative reporter there. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. Wow, this is such a trippy read this morning. Uh, your article is uh, it's titled 29 Minutes Inside Barry and Honey Sherman's Home. Who was the visitor? So you have obtained some information from a neighbor that they had captured someone going into the Sherman's house on their security uh, footage that they had installed for their own property. Do tell. Yeah, the uh, the police uh, set up a you know crime tape on the Friday that the bodies were found. That would be December 15th of 2017. And... Uh, the people on the street were wondering if anybody was going to come around and look for, for video. Of course, you know, we see on all these crime shows that what they call CCTV or security footage is, is really important. And I think we all know it's important. And on the Friday, uh, one of the homeowners uh, went to an officer and said, Hey, we've got a camera. Do you want to come and look at it? And the officer apparently said, uh, sure. We'll be right over. Never showed up Saturday, the next day. Same thing. They go back not once but twice to an officer at the at, you know standing guard, and he says, "Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll we'll send somebody over." And they said, "Well, look at it. it's uh, on a seven day loop. It's going to be wiped. We're going away. Uh, you should come." So they they finally show up on the Sunday and they take a copy of it. Um, so to do the private investigators, and by that time working for the Sherman family. And uh, and then six weeks passes, and then the police are doing a canvas of the neighborhood with some photos, which I've seen, which are really blurry, just of a couple walking a dog, with, and they're showing them around to people, including these homeowners. And then the homeowners say, look, we can't make out anything on this photo, but by the way, what happened with that thing we told you about, the, the man on the Thursday after they were apparently dead, what, what did you learn from that? And the police officer, the detective, apparently says, look, we just uh, haven't, I haven't gotten to that. I'm waiting for my team to give me my report back. And so there you go. And so then, then you know, a year and three months uh, later, we now have, have this account. And, it, and the police won't answer any questions except on Friday. They said to me uh, in a brief statement, they are now reviewing video evidence to see what relevance it has to the investigation. And and so the police either, in my opinion, have a suspect and they're just being really coy with, with the public uh, or they just really screwed up. Wow. Uh, the, the What's shocking as well is the Shermans had no cameras on their own house, which, you know, you think about all these people with very expensive mansions that they would have, you know, their own CCTV footage, but they don't. So let's go to the footage. And you spoke to the homeowner. I guess they decided before their vacation, they would watch it before it was wiped or they kept a copy, but they actually told you what's on the tape. Can you go through that? Yeah. yeah, And and they, this was on, as soon as the police tape went up, uh, they thought, geez, we should have a look at this. And, and, they didn't look at the Wednesday, which for my 
purposes, because that's when the Shermans died, I would be interested in knowing what was on that. They were just looking at the Thursday, and they made some notes. And the notes are that shortly after 9 a.m., a man uh, uh, drives up uh, going west on Old Colony towards Bayview, parks car in front of the house, not in the driveway, as somebody else reported recently, but in front of the house. And it's, you know, the images are are a little bit indistinct, but they say that what you can see is the man walking and going inside the house. And he goes in once, uh, is in there for about 10, 12 minutes, comes back out, sits in car, a couple of minutes, goes back, the house comes back, and then goes in and out of the house a third time and then drives off. And in total, based on their notes that they took, the time codes, it's 29 minutes inside the house. Wow. And the, so what the heck's going on? I, I, I don't know. Was it somebody, the house was for sale? Was right. It, was, it, was it a realtor? I, I don't know. And, you, and apparently, they, because of the positioning of their cameras, which are on, focused on their property, not somebody else's, but because of the positioning, they can't see the license plate. They can't see the, you know, makeup, the fa- facial makeup of, of the person. Uh, but what they, say, what they say they saw is somebody going in and out. Wow. That, that's, uh, it's amazing to me that the police didn't jump on this. Now, the Sherman kids must be extremely upset about this information. They, at the, their parents' funeral, they were calling out uh, the police and what they felt was very poor uh, police, uh, you know, investigation. Yeah, they, the, the family, which has not given any interviews uh, uh, at all on this, which is unusual for me, uh, and I'm sure for you, in the media, we normally talk to members of the family in these cases. Uh, they, they're, they are upset with the police. They have been uh, the whole time, and it's really unclear why they're that upset. Um, sure, they would be upset about the, the murder-suicide uh hunch that the police were following but then once that ended you would have thought that they would have a better relationship and my understanding is that they haven't how long did the police hold on to that murder suicide um theory they well they i played a bit of a role in that star because on uh, so december 15th bodies discovered january 19th i published a story based on sources who said that the family's pathologist had uh, come to a different conclusion, and, I, and we published that story. And then, right after that, the police called in the family pathologist, who's a very well-known person, and who the police knew did the autopsy. They called him in and said, "Can we talk to you about your findings?" Dr. David Chason said to the police, "This is a double murder." And then, right after that, the police had a uh, uh, a press conference. So, and so six weeks uh, before the police came out with their comment that it was a uh, targeted double murder. You know, I started watching on Netflix the other day, uh, Kevin, I started watching the Madeleine McCann yeah, investigation. Just, just started that too. Did you not think, wow, this could be, uh, w- they could do a show on the Sherman murders and a show on the MacArthur uh, victims, you know, because it, it just, the, the police work, there's so many question marks, and I'm not I'm not trying to damn the police here, but it's a really interesting, that McCann um, investigation is a really interesting look into uh, police investigation, the media's role in how um, an investigation goes down. It's fascinating stuff. Yeah, it is. And the thing with McCann is that it happened, I think, back in... 2006. Uh, 2006, mm-hmm. where, and, and, and MacArthur, we now know... Uh, through everybody's reporting and so what the 
came out in court that the police did make some mistakes there. And this one, uh, you know, the police certainly made some mistakes, but what we don't know is, is there something that they already know that they're not sharing with us? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and it, it will take some time before we figure that out right now, looking at from the point of view, like I've spent a year and two or three months on this. It really looks like they've made mistake after mistake after mistake. Is it possible that they actually are doing this all with some sort of cover for an investigation and we're going to wake up in a week and hear that they've arrested somebody? I don't know. Yeah, and it raises the the point of, do we really need to be that plugged in when there's an ongoing investigation going on? I think we do, and I think the MacArthur case shows us that because in that case, we now know that people died because police didn't uh, have a close look at certain evidence. I mean, that that's, that, that is a, a fact. And so I think we do, we as the, you know, you and me and mm-hmm. people who are media representatives of the public have to ask these questions. And, uh, you know, in, in a lot of jurisdictions, uh, the police would respond. They're just not in Toronto. That's that's kind of the way the Toronto Police Force has become over the last little while. Now, Kevin, I have to say you're giving me far too much credit because I'm not a journalist like you. I am a talk radio show host. So I uh, like to consume a lot of information and then muse about that information. That's my job. Uh, your job is to really get deep and dirty into the stories and find out exactly, you know, uncover some interesting facts. And I, I always love reading your pieces. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me on. Cheers. Have a great day.